When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Total Soccer Show and our Thanksgiving special episode. It's here, everybody. It's a time of year where we ask the big questions. What are we thankful for in our daily lives? Why is Jello salad a thing? Does Graham Ruffman really brush his teeth and shower three times daily? I'm not letting that one go. We'll be tackling one of those questions specifically today as we talk about the things we are thankful for in the beautiful game. My name's Ryan Bailey. Joining me today, our pilgrim who cooks a mean family feast, Taylor Rockwell. Hello, Taylor. Hello, but no jello involved, and that is a steadfast rule. Jello and salad should not be uh, intertwined. I'm, I'm going to need an explanation on that. That's an yeah. alien concept to me. What is that? Ryan? A salad with, with jello in it. Have you experienced that, though? Has someone, has someone ever tried to serve you that at Thanksgiving? Yeah, and also I've had it at Thanksgiving, and also the uh potatoes with marshmallows in them i'm more familiar well, with that potatoes, taylor yeah. mm. taylor made that last year for us but the jello salad thing that can't be real it be a thing Greg. yeah it be a thing yeah mm. yeah joining us to discuss that and much more a man whose home state is home to three subspecies of turkeys merriam's goulds and rio grande's joe lowry uh which is your favorite uh, I'm learning um, the the second one. The second one. I've heard, definitely heard of all those before. Excellent. I'm learning all sorts of things about Arizona. Apparently, Arizona's in the pretzel belt, according to David Goss. That's a conversation that he and I had yesterday <laughs> based off of production facilities for Dots Pretzels. So we're one of the big three states that has uh, has one of those, apparently. And we're swimming in Turkey. So Thanksgiving's on me, folks. Let's get this thing done. I don't think Turkey swim, Joe. But uh, thank you mm. for the insight there anyway. Mm. Uh, the pretzel belt. What a wonderful name. By the way, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Do I, do I call you... Jabrizio Romano now. I've been watching Cooligans, and I think that's your handle now. Is that right? I, you know what? I think we can workshop it a little bit more. I think there's okay. a little more room, uh, and I think even Alexis and Christian would probably admit that. It was a ton of fun going on their show the other day. They make it easy. Um, obviously, they're, they're funny dudes. That, that was a good time, but we're still, we're still finalizing the nickname. Okay, we'll work on that. Maybe we'll workshop it uh, later in the episode. Uh, but joining us, a man you've heard his voice already. He lives outside the rebel colonies. He doesn't get a day off on Thursday. His name is Graham Rutherford. Hello, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, I don't get a day off on Thursday. It's just Thursday for me this week. Although I've always liked the idea of Thanksgiving, and I wish that we had it in the UK for two reasons. One, a second turkey dinner every year. One turkey dinner is not enough, in my opinion, so I'm in favour of that. And two, the second reason, it holds back Christmas until the end of November. Whereas over here, it's Christmas crazy. Well, I I think it does. It's Christmas crazy once Halloween is out of the way in the UK. It's too much. It's too much of a build-up. So maybe maybe I'll just start having my own uh, Thanksgiving. I guess there's nothing stopping me from doing that. I can do what I want. I'm an adult. There will be no jello salad, though, at my (laughs) Thanksgiving. I'm reeling from that revelation. The thing is, Graham, uh, Thanksgiving, you uh, traditionally go around the table and say what you're thankful for. For British people, that's far too embarrassing to even attempt. Yes, it totally is. (laughs) Yeah, notice that the reasons that I want Thanksgiving in the UK is not actually to give thanks. It's just for the food and to hold back the Christmas decorations for a few more weeks. Yeah. 
Uh, although I did go to two different tree lightings this past week, Graham. Uh, so it sounds like you're part of the problem, yet. Ryan. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. That's true. Very true. <laughs> I'm assuming we have well, like the Chuck. lights on the tree. Sorry, I thought you meant like someone setting the trees on fire. So that's a very, <laughs> that's a very hard line stance that's to take in Christmas decorations <laughs> in, very the, in November. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuck on the Jello salad thing and the origins thereof. Mm-hmm. My assumption is that that's a Julia Child thing of like trying to do aspics, which I think is a French. Uh, approach to cooking but uh, like I think originally there was meant to be like vegetables and meat in there in like a gelatin format oh, which sounds disgusting and I do not want a part the of thing from Friends where the page of the book the recipe book gets stuck yeah, I believe yeah. you find that's a traditional English trifle thank you very much <laughs> uh, and then she gets that mixed with a shepherd's pie yeah. again I don't know math but that I sounds better than jello salad I'm looking at pictures of jello salad yeah, that's 100%. maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life I mean like there's like ambrosia which I think like every nope, like, like uh, buffet has which that's is supposedly custard, right? good but I, I i've never i've never been really been like i'll eat jello by itself but even there i feel like something is something has gone wrong if you're eating jello unless you're a kid if you're eating jello you're either preparing for a procedure or you are in the hospital or you have had like severe food poisoning and can only eat like gelatinous things i don't know but j- jello is best to be avoided at all costs and jello salad doubly so uh, from from the website Wikipedia, Jello salad is an American salad made with flavored gelatin, fruit, and sometimes grated carrots or other vegetables. Other ingredients may include cottage cheese, cream what? cheese, marshmallows, mm-hmm. nuts, or from the pretzel belt, pretzels. Yeah, wow. Pretzel belt, I'm baby. actually reeling from this. This is the worst <laughs> food I've ever seen in my life, and I'm from a country where they have jelly deals in a can. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm worse. sorry. That's there worse. is. I That's recognize that Jello salad is not idea, not ideal. Uh, Scotland's food, and specifically some of the things you just mentioned, are very clearly worse than Jello salad. Okay, so first of all, jelly deals—that's that's England's fault. Um, there is Fine. nothing in Scotland that is bad as je- Jello salad. This is this is un- unreal. I'm I'm not going to be able to get over this. Since we're totally on the topic of soccer today, uh, occasionally the YouTube <laughs> algorithm will try to like get me to watch the video of. Like uh, Henry VIII's like favorite like snack foods or whatever it's like f- like strange foods throughout history and his I think was jelly deals and every time the still image is just a picture of jelly deals and it makes me just think about how much of a monster Henry VIII was that that <laughs> is his favorite food it really tells you some things yeah. I feel it wasn't like. the beheading the wives or the you know reforming the that's church it was, the, it was the that's, just that's what I'm yeah. saying is like yeah. right away when like that is straight villainous stuff like if you mm. need a character in Game of Thrones to be evil eating like a jellied cold old eel is immediately like oh this is not a good person i don't like it just tells you a lot about henry the eighth uh before you learn anything about him all right uh thanksgiving is fast approaching and we haven't <laughs> talked about what we were uh going to talk about here thankful th- things we're thankful I'm, for i'm thankful in- that i'm not having a jail salad right? on thursday quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> well graham let's start with you and then what are you thankful for i assume Ange postacoglu is high on your list uh, he's not actually on my list. He's he's uh, he's in a second tier Thanksgiving candidate. Uh, a first tier Thanksgiving candidate is my. So my first Thanksgiving goes to Angus Gunn, Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, Ryan Porteous, Jack Hendry, Aaron Hickey, Callum McGregor, Scott McTominay, John McGinn, Che Adams, and Lyndon Dykes. That's right. I am thankful for the Scotland national team. I could have listed more players, but someone would have uh, muted me at that point. This is the team that cruised through Euro qualifying. Very un-Scottish for us to do that, to officially qualify. With two matches to spare, I was very thankful that we didn't need anything from those lo- those last two matches because half our team was injured, and the second last game was away to Georgia. 
which, for context, is Scotland's Trinidad and Tobago. Two qualification <laughs> campaigns have died there in the past, and I'm glad a third didn't die there, even though we only drew 2-2. I'm thankful for Super John McGinn and the hardest-working uh, pair of buttocks in world football. I'm nice. thankful for Scott McTominay, who finished with seven goals and eight qualifiers, and, and I'm thankful that everyone else thinks he's crap because it's like our little secret that if you use him in a certain way, he's really good. It's like a hipster finding, I don't know, like a B-side Coldplay album from 2001 and and, and secretly liking it. Uh, I'm thankful for Steve Clark, the durest man in Scotland, which is quite the achievement given how many dour people live here. I think he might have cracked a smile at some point during the qualification campaign, but I can't be sure about that. And I am thankful that he is so dour. And unfashionable because otherwise, Pause. I'd imagine Sorry. big clubs. Does Dour mean dour? I just need to. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's the most Scottish thing Graham's ever said. Keep going, okay. Graham. So in you're, Scotland, in the, you're in the mood. We yeah, say dour. That's the correct pronunciation. Keep <laughs> I'm thankful that he is so dour uh, and unfashionable because <laughs> I would imagine big clubs would be having a look at him. Um, but because he is so unfashionable, uh, he's ours and we're never letting go of him. And uh, I'm also thankful for the 90 second turnaround in Oslo where I celebrated with such delirium. That my daughter upstairs in the bath asked uh, Lucy, my wife, what's wrong with daddy? As I shouted at the TV from yeah, downstairs. She, she asked uh, that every day, though, to be honest. <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. But she asked it with, with more concern on this particular wow. day. Uh, day. I'm thankful for Rodri being a big old wet wipe, which made yeah. the win over Spain so much sweeter. I'm thankful for the best Scotland kit of my lifetime. Genuine, genuinely an incredible kit. I, this I is love still just so the much. one thing, right? It, it is. Like, it is. This is the longest sure. spiel I've got of the whole show. They won't I, all there, be as long. Graham, there is this... a mute button, and my, 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 my finger is hovering <laughs> over it right now. It's I'm, I'm coming to the end quickly. <laughs> I'm not so thankful that I was unsuccessful in getting any tickets for the Euros next summer from no fewer than 85 applications, but thankful that the tournament will be what? in Germany. And after Qatar and the pan-Europe COVID Euros and Russia, this feels like it'll be a tournament that'll be fun to be at. I know it'll all cr- come crashing down at some point. I know there will be a big disappointment. But for now, I am thankful for the best Scotland supporting year of my life. I, I can't wait for 2024 to be the worst because that's usually how that works. <laughs> that's good for you, Graham. Uh, but 85 applications for the tickets, that must have made you feel very dour. <laughs> it did indeed. I don't know anyone who's got tickets. Like hundreds of applications. They gave it one million tickets. I don't think any of them have gone to Scotland, which feels a bit apt. Wow. What a world. What a world we live in. Uh, thank you very much for that one, Graham. Uh, thankful for the Scotland national team. I'm personally thankful that there's no more international breaks until March, so I don't need to watch England again for at least another few months, which is wonderful news for me. Taylor, before we hit a break, I'd like mm. to hear what you're thankful for. A genuine one up front. I'm happy that Ryan and thankful that Ryan is back in the United States, even if it means he's going to mock our Thanksgiving traditions. Though I would say, I don't think I've ever had Jello salad as a Thanksgiving offering. And if I did, I think I would be perplexed. The closest I've come is uh, cranberry sauce in a can, which is, by the way, the superior uh, cranberry sauce form. Uh, but Ryan, I'm very be- huh? happy that you, you are back in the United States. Wow. Uh, yeah. I know it's a take. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and I know that you you had yourself a time uh, living in Italy. I know that you love yourself the UK, but I know that you love yourself uh, Charlotte the most. It did lead me to wonder, Ryan, if I were constructing because I was thinking like being back in Charlotte, it allows you access to some of your favorite things. If I were constructing a dream shopping center, tell me how I did here. You've got Target <laughs> as an anchor store. Yep. You've got this is the the risky one. I went Dick's Sporting Goods so that you can look at your different running shoes and, and maybe just like sports apparel along the way. That's your other anchor store. You've got a Lululemon. You've got a Starbucks near your preferred entrance. You've got a TGI Fridays and a Cheesecake Factory mm-hmm. as your restaurant options with the Popeyes and the food court. A Nike outlet is a bonus. And if there's a sports book around, so be it. Um, 
No notes. Uh, that, that was <laughs> wonderful. I will roll around in that place all day long, Taylor. Put a P.F. Chang's in there. And I think I'll ah, yes, of course. Was there an Ooh. Apple store on that list? Oh, oh no, Apple store. How did I leave yeah. that out? Thank you, Graham. Thank you. Apple shopping. I apologize. Where else are we going to browse around and not buy anything usually? Come on. <laughs> I feel like Ryan has like a signed shirt with all the geniuses' signatures on it. Just like, <laughs> I, I got Tom's signature today. I'm so excited. But no, Ryan, I am, I am happy that you're back in the States. Uh, and we welcome you back for your first Thanksgiving in a while. Shout I love, out, sorry, shout out to Ryan, first of all, before he really responds, to moving back to the U.S. So now we only have three time zones to figure out instead of four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just makes our lives, you know, that, that extra 25% easier. I mean, that's why I did it, Joe. It was for you and, and time zone consideration. But yes, wow. thank you very much. That's very sweet. I like that sentiment a lot. I feel the same way. And on that, I'll give you my first thanks, which is I'm thankful to be a soccer fan in the U.S. Because I genuinely believe we in the U.S. have it the best in the world in terms of broadcast. Getting every Premier League game, getting every Serie A game, getting basically every European game you want being pretty easily accessible and not very expensive either. Like Graham might know like the price of Sky Sports in the UK, I think it's what, like £30, about $35 or something. And then you add on yep. all your other accoutrement. We get Peacock for what, six bucks or something like that. And, and we get great product elsewhere with CBS and uh, them investing, CBS, not CVS so- and their receipts. Uh, that, you know, they're investing in USL, in NWSL, they're investing in the Champions League. They've got daily programming going out every day. Apple TV, I know it's global. Uh, I love Apple. They've got a great product as well. I just think that we have it great. And I also think we have a great time zone for it. I love the weekends where your Premier League games start at like, particularly on the East Coast, maybe not as easy for Joe, but um, 7.30am you can start rolling and watch a bunch of games and then have the rest of your day. I love it. I'm very thankful to be a soccer fan in this here country, Graham. Peacock is NBC, right? That's the streaming platform mm-hmm. for NBC. So you yep. get all the Premier League games on Peacock. Uh, except for the, the the main broadcast ones will be on the main uh, cable channels like USA. Right. But, but can you still watch it through Peacock? Like not, if I was to subscribe to Pe- Peacock, I could watch every Premier League game. No, you wouldn't get the main oh, right, ones okay. on the main But that, that's still $6 a month. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> to be fair. So for Sky, you don't even get, you get like three games a weekend with Sky Sports. You need TNT Sports on top of that. And mm. you don't, you get like five, six games a weekend for like £60 a month. And you can't watch them all. Yeah. yeah. The downside to Peacock and, and a couple of the other streaming services, at least their digital interfaces, is that they just don't work. So you are paying $6 a month to have maybe something that doesn't fast forward or rewind or play. But other than that, Ryan, I, I actually do genuinely agree with your sentiment. Bro. Bro, MLS sent you an Apple TV box. Use that. It's magical. Yeah, to watch it. the Premier League. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, much more of what we're thankful for. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our Thanksgiving special. It's all very orderly and uh, non-chaotic on this episode so far. Jerry Lowry, what are you thankful for, my good man? That the Women's World Cup was awesome. Like mm. that tournament, I think, especially as I think back on it and have leading into this episode, 
just was so much fun. I'll run through a few of the things that I thought made it so fun, and then I'll talk about the U.S. Women's National Team later on, so we'll, we'll get to that. Jamaica, South Africa, Morocco, all getting out of their groups. Did not think that was going to happen. Did not predict that to happen, and yet they did it. They made it to the round of 16. Colombia making the quarterfinals was incredible. That's one of the stories of the tournament. They had some fantastic games along the way. Japan playing legitimately awesome soccer, and that 4-0 win over Spain I think is a game that I'll remember for, I don't know, maybe forever, but certainly for a long time. Them going and blitzing Spain on the break in that match was just incredible to witness, and I'm not sure that we'll see something like that for a long, long time. And then Spain winning the World Cup was a fantastic moment, very cool moment for them. And those players had been through a lot even before all the stuff that happened after the final whistle. And it sucks that it took so much of that crappy stuff to unfold in the public eye for change to actually spark. But some did. Whether or not it'll be lasting is an unfortunate question that we don't have the answer to. But tons of respect to those players. And I'm I'm genuinely very happy for each of them that lifted that trophy. And just a tournament in general that was so much fun. Covering it was a blast. Getting to do the rhythm of of doing the shows each day throughout the tournament. It's a lot. Like, I know it, it sounds like a very privileged thing to say. And it is. It is a lot to go through and, and spend a lot of time doing that. But it was so much fun. I'm yeah. thankful that that tournament was as good as it was. The Women's World Cup was also on my list. Uh, Joe, so many different storylines. Uh, I thought Australia and New Zealand really embraced the tournament and Australia made the, that run to the semi-finals. And I, I think I've said this before, I always think a tournament just feels more alive, a bit more electric when a host nation does well. So I was thankful that, that Australia did make that run. Um, you kind of touched on this, Joe, but I was um, especially thankful that there were so many instances of players and teams showing a middle finger to federations who underfunded them um, or managers or like federation presidents who straight up abused them. Of course, we had the Luis Rubiales story after the final, which was was terrible and was handled horrendously and really put a, a, a dampener on Spain's celebrations when it shouldn't have. But in a way, it also demonstrated the growing power that women's soccer players have. So I, I was thankful for that in a sense. It was a, a pretty landmark tournament in so many different ways. Was indeed very enjoyable stuff on the other side of the world. Uh, Taylor, what else are you thankful for? So I hope this one's also about me. No, uh, it is not. Uh, it is continuing with what uh, Joe and Graham were talking about. Uh, take it in a little different direction. I am thankful that Emma Hayes is the U.S. Women's National Team coach. Uh, we've had a few questions about this. We've done a big thing uh, on the topic. But I find myself comparing it to, uh, I don't know if any of you all like moved house as a kid, but I remember moving into a new house. You had like a slightly larger room, uh, and it was your same stuff going in there. But it's that feeling of like there's limitless possibility. This could go here. It could be here. And, and that's kind of what it feels like with her taking over. I think – there's going to be a ton to talk about. I think there's going to be really interesting storylines, but I also think I don't like I'm not saying it's definitely going to work. It feels like it will end up working, but I think along the way it's going to be natural and logical progressions and I think even when we do get different styles and different tactics and different games, I think there will be a rhyme and a reason behind it and I think it will be an easier process to bring in new names and to kind of move some players on. And I think it's, it's a smart hire that I think allows the program to take a jump or just move in the ideal direction. And it has me very excited. So uh, when thinking about the things that make me excited and thankful for watching soccer, that is definitely one thing. 
I took this in a slightly more negative oh, direction, not about Emma Hayes, but I, I sort of went with the uh, the oh, inverse I see here. What you're going to do I see. no more Vlatko for the United <laughs> States women's national team. That is very much towards the top of my list. I have not absolutely nothing against Vlatko Andonovsky. I hope I hope he succeeds with Kansas City back in the NWSL sporting director and their new head coach for this upcoming season. I'll be watching with a close eye because I'm, I'm curious, and he was nothing but but kind to me in the relatively few interactions that we had. The actual on-field product was pretty close to a, a complete sham under him for the Olympics. Those games were, were really, really tough. Taylor, I remember we watched those with Jordan and did a bunch of shows about him, and it was it was not good, and the U.S. somehow still ended up with the bronze. And then everything, almost everything between the Olympics and the World Cup was really poor, and there was no progress, and then you get to the World Cup and something predictable happens, right? So I'm thankful that... It's not Vlaco leading this team into a new era where the 2027 Women's World Cup, which we still don't know where it's going to be hosted, which is ridiculous, given that it feels like we know the next 17 Men's World Cup locations across 48 different countries between them. Like We don't know when the 20, where the 2027 World Cup is going to be, but it feels like there's a real shot that it's going to be in the U.S. Having some sort of real vision in place and at least a different voice stepping over what was a very low bar put in place by Vlaco feels like the U.S., Feels like it's going to almost be impossible for them not to be in a better position by the time 2027 rolls around than they were for the last World Cup and the last Olympics. So, yeah, I'm thankful that there has been a change, even if I'm still not exactly sure how this whole Hayes thing is going to work out, because let's be honest, none of us really are at this point. Well, I'm thankful for it too as well, Joe. Thankful that the next part of the Emma Hayes Eras Tour will be taking place in the United States. Uh, Taylor, what I'm hearing from your uh, vote of thanks was that you're also thankful to AFC uh, Wimbledon for being so bad that she turned us down when we tried to get her to be our coach as well. So indirectly, you're very thankful for the Dons. Thank you very much. Did we all check it. the Ryan Shoehorns in AFC Wimbledon box? Mm-hmm. Did we Ding! all get that in our bingo? Did, they, did, did that actually happen, that. Ryan? I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That does sound vaguely familiar. Yes, there was there was a point uh, a few years ago where we uh, attempted to recruit her as manager. Obviously, she was uh, managing at Kings Meadow, which is where women used to play. She's uh, you know quite local to the area, shall we say? Um, but she publicly said, uh, dismissed the idea, and she was went, who? Yeah, essentially said, "New phone, who dis?" To uh, AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> She's more of an MK Dons lady, from what I've read. <laughs> oh, Joe, getting in on the MK Dons references. Right there. Come on, Joe. It's the it holidays. Dropped. It is the holidays. <laughs> Why would you be so disrespectful? Mm, no jello man. salad for you, Joe. All oh, right. man. Uh, oh, no. There, there wasn't, this is a random reference. There was an SNL sketch during the Trump administration where you would have different pundits talking about, like, this is the final straw. Like, he's going to be in so much trouble. And then Keenan Thompson's character would just always say, like, nothing's going to happen. Like, mm. nothing's going to change. I don't know what you're doing. And that was Joe basically for every USWNT review show leading up to the World Cup was people trying to be excited and people trying to be like, well, this could change it. We found this new wrinkle. And Joe just being like, I mean, yeah, it's not going to work, but sure, it looks fine. And like seeing just sort of like frustrated but rational Joe was an interesting look into like how much I can be like, no, but uh, you know, we got great players. It's going to be fine. We're not going to win though. But it was just, (laughs) it was the thing that I enjoyed, but I'm also excited that we don't have to experience again. We can have hope. We can have hope, I guess. Indeed. All right. The next thing I'm thankful for Taylor is going to sound like I'm taking shots here, but what it does, it gets to a key element, a a core of why I love soccer. Uh I am thankful for Man United being a continuing poop show and disappointment <laughs> this that is not like you're taking shots so this is not a shot at man united or man united fans but that's a shot at taylor 
And it's not a shot at Taylor either. I love Taylor very much. It is the fact that I am wired to root for the underdog. I support a small team. I think in all areas of my life, I'm always trying to root for the underdog. Uh, And I intrinsically love to see big teams struggling. Uh, And once again, it sounds terrible because it's misfortune that I'm sort of celebrating this schadenfreude in it. But I like it when little guys have the chance to rise above and when you know, 99% of teams don't win things. That's kind of the fact here. So it's nice when big teams who are used to winning things stop winning things and when fans of those big teams get to experience what it's like for the rest of us who support smaller, unsuccessful teams. Now, I, it's, it's making me sound very scroogey when I say it out loud, but my point being... I kind of like the chaos of a big team failing. I kind of like the hope it gives to those who sit beneath them, Taylor. Would that mm. extend to Chelsea as well then in the last two yeah. years? Who have any big team, fire. any big team who goes south, who have no reason to do so. It kind of brings me joy. I think it's kind of exciting. It's kind of when a team loses 4-0 when you don't expect it. It's exciting when you're, when you're a neutral. And yet, so then, are you okay with little teams struggling and not no. winning much? Because I'm assuming that would explain the Wimbledon, Charlotte, and England fandom. <laughs> oh, England being described as a little team straight in my veins. <laughs> that was that was something. That was something. No, also, oh. I don't want to see little teams struggle and little teams, you know, get, get into financial trouble. I like to see the tide rise for everybody, yeah. but slightly sink for Man United. I mean, I get it, especially for people of our age. Joe, I'll throw you kind of in there. But I, I think for people who weren't Manchester United fans who had to deal with Man United fans being Manchester United fans in the Alex Ferguson era, I get why it would be very enjoyable to to see the club make the decisions they make and, and sort of so often be in free fall. So it didn't feel like a shot, Ryan. It felt like a, a thing that I totally would understand were it not my particular club that is constantly yeah. on fire. And it's, yeah. it's my disposition about the game and... You've kind of got to the core of it. It all goes back to childhood. On my playground in London Mm -hmm. at school, everyone was a Man United fan because they were the best team in the country, possibly the world, at that point. And I'm there thinking, you know, there's there's teams you could... There's 20 minutes away, Chelsea. Like, you could go and... They weren't as good at that point. But like my point being, maybe that has informed the mm-hmm. way I feel about the world. Me being having Wimbledon cast upon me by my family has informed the way I see the game and the way maybe even I see the world in terms of I like to see the underdog. Yeah, we're, re- we're really hitting at the crux of this stance here. Ryan, you're never getting your childhood back, no matter how <laughs> yeah. bad Manchester United are now. Actually, I have, I have a question about that. Uh, like, Ryan, did you ever have a time when, like, like you know, like some, like, Teen, like angsty teenagers will be like i didn't ask to be born like did you ever have the like i didn't ask to be a wimbledon fan like what was that a source of frustration when you were supporting a club that weren't playing in the top flight or weren't you know winning the title winning well, they the were Champions at that League? time they were just bad in the top flight yeah, yeah. I, 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 more so like after the crazy gang i honestly think i when i was younger i felt lucky because we mm. actually went to the games we were lucky enough to have season tickets most people i went to school with were man united fans or sometimes blackburn fans because they won the league like in the oh, mid 90s which is a weird one and they hitched their wagon they there the and they probably imagine, imagine how, how that's what got yeah, them. imagine how down in their luck they feel now <laughs> they're they probably very doer about it all. The, i'm sure, yeah. I'm sure yeah, they're they, very much man city fans now graham but uh, <laughs> the, uh but the, my point being those guys on the playground who yes they had a team who won everything but i was lucky enough to go to premier league games every other week and see those teams play live and i had i've you know it's a you know, I was part of a tribe and I really liked, I, I really didn't feel like uh, I, I didn't cast aspersions on my own support, Taylor, if that makes sense. That makes sense. That does. Yeah. I uh, conversely 
used to say, like, I would love for Manchester United to have a two or three year period where they're just bad so that people do jump ship. And because I, you know, being a United supporter, you would often get the eye roll, especially from anybody with a, a an English, Scottish, British accent. Just like, oh, good, another one of you guys. And I remember thinking, we'll be bad and people will jump off the bandwagon. And then my, my fandom will be legit. And I no longer wish for that. I would like them to be good again. This is not a fun ride. Hmm, indeed. All right. Uh, Graham, what else are you thankful for, sir? So I feel like I might be uh, treading on Joe's toes here so joe jump in at any point but i am thankful that the biggest news story of 2023 happened happened and that was Lionel messi joining inter miami and to be honest the bit i'm most thankful for is that messi chose to play somewhere that wasn't saudi arabia because i was so convinced that was going to happen there was the the visit to saudi arabia which got messi suspended by psg he was an ambassador for their world cup bed might still be an ambassador for the world cup still is yeah, which is a, a weird thing when he's turned down uh, playing there at club level. But anyway, they were offering him about a trillion dollars to go there. So I remember when it broke that Messi was going to, and obviously there'd been there'd been chatter. It hadn't come out of, it wasn't out of the blue. But I remember when that story broke that he was going to Miami and how shocked I was. And I'm thankful that he didn't go to Saudi Arabia because with Ronaldo, I feel like he was ready for semi-retirement. And so I, I don't really miss watching him at this point of his career. But Messi, I still want to watch him. And I can do that in MLS. And obviously, there's a bit of uh, 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 America bias. We are an American-centric centric podcast here. Maybe some people, some fans in Europe feel that he has kind of entered semi-retirement in MLS. But nonetheless, for me, um, I'm thankful he went to MLS where I, I will watch him um, regularly. There's a novelty to seeing him play like Real Salt Lake and even to him playing in a temporary stadium in a car park in Fort Lauderdale. I think that's still surreal to see him playing in those situations and to, and to see him in MLS. And and, and um, there is a bit of me that wishes he'd had that final season at Barcelona, that finale, that, that farewell that he never really got, because I do think he's still good enough for that level. But Messi in MLS is a much better outcome than Messi in Saudi Arabia, and I'm thankful that it didn't come to that. Uh, Graham, are you saying Messi would fit into the Barcelona team right now and would be at the level he needs to be? Um, I need to think about it tactically, but in terms of his level, yes, Absolutely. of course he would. He would okay. be good enough for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Barcelona need to compensate for him in a, in a couple of ways, but yeah, yeah. He would, he'd, he'd yeah other enough. than the other than the financial side, I think there's absolutely no doubt that Messi still fits in any team in the world. You'd ask Pep if you would take him with Man City, and the answer would be yes. Like this, this player is still one of the absolute best in the world. I didn't have that on my list, Graham, mostly because I didn't want to deal with the flack from you all for putting it on my list. But Mm -hmm. I do have a a messy adjacent thing that I'm thankful for. So I'll toss that one out now. I'm thankful that we live in a world and in a time where we can watch Erling Holland, Kylian Mbappe, and Lionel Messi all play soccer. Like the, the World Cup final, which happened in the last year, so it counts. I have another one that sort of stretches the limits of, of maybe the last year or so, but we'll get to that later. Like that World Cup final with Messi versus Mbappe in the final, just unbelievable. That's one of the best games that I've ever seen. I know I was talking about the span, the span, Japan span game in the Women's World Cup, which was excellent as well. This World Cup final, Argentina, France, just unbelievable, incredibly memorable. Non-soccer fans are brought in. Getting to watch Mbappe and Messi do their thing at the highest level was spectacular. And getting to watch Erling Holland do it for probably still the best team in the world in Manchester City, you know, one and a half times a week is incredible. Like this, this moment of getting to watch these players approaching their prime, or in Messi's case, on the other side of it, they're just all elite. They're all incredible, all-time greats. 
still playing at the highest of levels. I I have so much respect for all three of those those people as athletes and genuine joy that we get to watch them play soccer on a regular basis. Mm. So Joe, you'd have been more thankful if Scotland hadn't prevented Norway from reaching a major tournament. So you could have seen Erling Haaland on that big stage. Yeah, come, Scotland, what happened, man? Just just take one for the team. Let Erling Haaland into a major tournament. I don't see what's well, so hard about this. See, the thing is, we tried our best to knock Spain out. And Rodri, with his tears and big wet wipe that he is, it was Norway that and Holland that Graham, they didn't, the mute they didn't button. Up once again, I'm hovering. I'm hovering over the mute button, Graham. Don't make me. Don't make me. Don't be so. Dumb. I'll never be silenced. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At that point, let's have a couple of minutes of silence. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more of what we're thankful for on this here Turkey Day week. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hey folks, this is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show reminding you that we are inching ever closer to the start of the summer transfer window, which means there are teams that will buy and sell their players early, there are teams that will leave that business very late, and there are teams that will operate in between. But no matter what, it's going to be a chaotic situation, there's going to be offers coming through willy-nilly, there's going to be transactions to be tracked and processed and make sure that enough money is there, there's going to be probably angry clubs calling to complain, there are many things to deal with, and unfortunately for those clubs, there is no sort of business tool that makes things easier, makes transactions simpler, gets the business done efficiently and effectively, but for the small businesses around the globe, there is such a service, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek kits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And I really appreciate that about Shopify. No matter how big you are, no matter how fast you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. That's as many countries as will be selling players in the transfer window this summer. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash TSS, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash TSS now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash TSS. Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our Turkey Day special. Oh, Taylor's already getting the oven ready. I can see it in his eyes. He's got something planned for like the accoutrement for the for the pregame. I can see it. I can see it, Taylor. Uh, we're doing a takeout Thanksgiving. That is our plan because I, I'll, I'll jump ahead to this one. Uh, I am thankful for my wife for carrying a baby and being in physical discomfort a lot of the time. She is 
I believe now 39 weeks pregnant. Uh, so we are not going out of town. We are not traveling for Thanksgiving. We are staying here and doing sort of a potluck takeout Thanksgiving. Uh, but if people are curious why I suddenly stopped being on shows for a couple weeks, that would be the reason why. Uh, baby number two is imminent, although we don't think it will be here prior to Thanksgiving. So we'll get a little bit of holiday time and then we'll never sleep again. So now I have questions about the takeout. Yes. Right? Yeah. So are Thank you, you. Does Popeyes do Thanksgiving? Yeah. Is it a Popeyes or are we talking the kind of fancy takeout that no. Ron Williams gets in Mrs. Doubtfire? What? 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 That's the <laughs> reference we're going with? What is fancy takeout in Mrs. Doubtfire? Well, well, he gets like a rest, a fancy restaurant to deliver food, and I've never seen that before in my life as a kid. Oh, like yeah. takeout in Scotland is never That's like a proper right. meal; it's with fries. They just throw the like... deep fried pizza at you when you open the door. Yeah. That's how it works in Scotland. So, uh, that always sticks in my mind. That was the first time I'd ever seen like a proper restaurant deliver food. Yeah. And, and a Scottish film. accent on the big screen, Graham. Of course, uh, it was a run by fruiting. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I think the plan is to do a sort of hybrid approach. I think. Uh, my wife's uh, mother, my mother-in-law, will make some actual Thanksgiving food. My mom is bringing Indian food, I believe. I think we've got some other people bringing uh, whatever kind of they feel like. Yeah, now that you've mentioned it, I wouldn't mind throwing some fried chicken in there, though I don't think either my mother or my mother-in-law would, would eat that, but uh, but I would. So it is basically just a random thing, and the plan is to hang out and eat food and not take anything too seriously. Uh, best laid plans, for sure. The, KFC the, surely do like fried turkey. No, Graham, Graham, the, the best Thanksgiving turkey I ever had, and our family all say this, I think it was about 2015 or so, we got a Bojangles turkey, a fried sure turkey from Bojangles. Mm. Uh, I picked it up like a day before. I think it was only like 25 bucks or something. It tasted incredible. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Because it was fried and turkey isn't good. Like, like let's, <laughs> just, let's just be real here. Tur- turkey is fine, but inevitably on Thanksgiving, you're eating sort of room temperature to yes. cold yeah. turkey that requires a ton of other stuff to make it good. It re- requires cranberry sauce. It requires gravy. It requires other, like, stuffing yeah, uh, with it. It's it's never it's never the, the problem. My, I'm pretty passionate about this. My thought is that we just generally don't know how to cook turkeys, right? Mm. If you're popping they are really a, a giant bird into an oven and expecting it to cook evenly, even though there's a huge difference in the depth of the meat across different parts of the bird, and it's in there for six hours or whatever it is, you're going to end up with dry, you know, white meat in one part, and it, it's just not going to be uniform or cooked in a way that you like so if some place is actually cooking it knows what they're doing and ideally they're cooking it with a lot of oil then yes it's going to be better joe have have you are you familiar with spatchcocking i believe that's the term yes vaguely yes so that's when you i think you cut out the the backbone right and then you flatten the turkey and Mm. then you cook it so that it it removes some of that that difference and allows you to cook more uniformly Mm. i've never had that i would be interested in trying that one though it sounds laborious and time consuming I yeah, believe, Graham, uh, that, that's how they make uh, Nando's spatchcock style. Oh, do they? Mm. So, like, see, I, I understand what you're saying about turkey, but turkey is like toast. It's a vessel to better things on top of it. Like, mm. So I like turkey. On its own, I, like hmm. ter- turkey's terrible, but once you put gravy on there, cur- cranberry sauce, all kinds of different things... Yeah, I like my turkey. Is, is you're, build, the you're building Taylor's argument that it's bad. You just covered it up with other stuff. Well, yeah, no, exactly. But, like, no. is the argument, Graham, not that you could just have a better meat that doesn't require well, those no, things and still have, have like the a, other a, things? I see if you what have Graham's like a more saying. flavorful meat, yeah. then that's going to take away from the other things. If that makes mm. any sense. Okay, I'm, like, I'm yeah, unsure, but okay, I understand Graham. what you mean. I think uh, so. Seeing turkey not as the 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 star, but seeing it as the character actor that allows other things to be much more appreciated is not an approach I've ever had to Turkey. I do think of Turkey as being Jason the main event. 
It's Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah, I really like Jason Bateman, but uh, you know, I never come away from a film thinking, "Oh, Jason Bateman was excellent in that." It's always you partner him with some with Ooh. other better, funnier actors. Someone hasn't seen Game Night. Come on, man. I have seen Game Night. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about Jason Bateman? You're not wrong. That's a great shout. It, it, it is a like, oh, like Jason Bateman in small doses. That was terrific. And then. I feel like he leans into being a jerk is maybe part of it. I feel like if yeah. he's in long form role, he tends to be a jerk. Yeah. yeah. He's so a turkey I'm of grateful Hollywood. for that. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing anymore, but uh, I am grateful to Graham for giving me a new understanding of Turkey. I'll, I'll try to approach it that way and see if I like it more. All right, good. Let's get back on track slightly. Joe, what else are you thankful for? All right, let's do it. USMNT striker pool. It's getting better, <laughs> folks. I held off on this one for as long as I could. Here we go. Florin Balligan. Get in, son. It's a huge addition for the United <laughs> States. They're still wow. trying to figure out all the different ways to actually integrate him and activate is the word that Barother keeps using. But it, it's not just Balligan, although that is the latest dual national that the U.S. has gotten. And, and who knows? There might be another high-profile one before you know the Copa America next year. I don't know what that's going to look like with Luca Coliosho. But it's not just Balogun. It's also Ricardo Pepe coming off the bench and scoring. He's still trying to find his footing with PSV, the team that we all know is going to finish the season um, perfect. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It, it's huge progress for this U.S. team that had neither Ricardo Pepe or Florin Balogun at the World Cup. And, and sure, Baralter could have bought, brought Ricardo Pepe with him to Qatar. I, I don't think there's any rational person on the planet who's saying that Pepe would have been the answer for the United States at that competition. So I am thankful that these players are in the World Cup squad, or could be in the World Cup squad, heading into 2026. It's a major addition for the United States. I'm here for it. Wonderful stuff. Taylor, do you concur with uh, those comments? I like this one from Joe. I think if we weren't coming off of the two of them playing together in a sort of lackluster game due to the Dest red card, I would be probably a little bit more excited, but I think I should be, because Pepe scoring goals and sort of pushing Balogun, theoretically, uh, for that starting role is an exciting thing that I didn't expect to see because Balogun has been so exciting since he he made that switch, since he started playing for the United States. Uh, and, and it is just a thing that we don't really have that question mark around anymore. It does feel like when we have everybody fit, we more or less know, I would say, I'd say we know confidently like 10 of the 11 starters right now, and that's not a thing we've often had. I feel like we always have positions that have big question marks with no obvious starter or a sort of flavor of the week starter it's nice that the number nine is no longer that agreed retweet re 10 whatever i don't i don't know what we're doing anymore retweet i'm Just not thankful that. for that i'm not yeah. thankful for that folks. <laughs> graham where would you like to take us with your thanks so heading back to international football now and uh, we were talking about turkeys and i'm thankful for another turkey as a scot i'm thankful for Gareth Southgate. Uh, there is a bit oh. of me that is quite nervous about the Euros next summer, not just because Scotland will be there, but because I think England have a good team. You could argue the two best players in the world right now are English, no. of course, um, no. Calvin Phillips and Harry No Blair. one's arguing that. Not a chance. Please continue. <laughs> but uh, England have England have quality all the way through, right? They've got Kane, Bellingham, Saka, Foden, Rashford, Henderson. Rice, Henderson, John Henderson, Rhys James... Um, but they have Gareth Southgate as manager, and that is a real source of comfort to me. I've seen this movie so many times before, and I can tell you how it ends, with England not winning and the media blaming the manager, mm. and then Southgate will leave, and Big Sam and his uh, big pints of wine will return, and all will be right in the world again. The, the prince was promised. I like that one, Graham. Um, are you saying that a manager who plays dour, uninteresting soccer against North Macedonia doesn't stand a chance of doing something 
interesting on the biggest stage. Did you see the, sorry to take us in a slightly different direction, did you see the Harry Maguire thing last night where he boots the ball in, in the North Macedonian defender, then cleans him out inside the box and the penalty isn't given? It was a classic Harry Maguire moment. So maybe Harry Maguire, I'm thankful for him as well. That yeah. is linked, of course, to Gareth Southgate, who continues to start him in big games. And I'm hopeful that will continue into the Euros. Get him on the plane. So if you were uh, in charge of the English, and I hope you will be one day, Graham, um, who would you have as the coach? Uh, Graham Potter? I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, who would replace Southgate? I think he'll go after the Euros. And I think that's yeah. the key thing with Southgate. I think Southgate has been a good manager for England when they had to punch above their weight and he was quite good at keeping them compact and playing on the counter and, and creating that, that healthy environment, which I think has been the big, biggest success of Southgate as an international manager, as England manager. But once the talent level has risen... I feel like he hasn't really risen with it, and I thought the World Cup felt like the end of the uh, end of a cycle. And I think he recognised that himself. And his in his post match interview after the France quarter final, he said, "Maybe this is the time for me to step aside." And I think the FA kind of persuaded him to stay on. So I think that these Euros are going to be one step too far for for Gareth Southgate. Um, but yeah, Graham Potter. I think Eddie Howe after the Euros might be available the way things are going at Newcastle. So they would be my two shouts. I think they're both better managers than than Gareth Southgate. What happened to Graham Potter? Where's he gone? What's he doing? Uh, Chelsea happened. Todd Bowley happened to Graham <laughs> He's Potter. He's still recovering. Yeah. Why is he not linked yeah. to any new jobs, though? I don't see, you don't see his name come up with stuff. Maybe he's not actively in the hunt. Maybe journalists have just forgotten well, and, about it. And also, maybe this is not the right question, but what jobs like would he be linked to? Like, which ones? No one well, knows what's not, happening he, with Manchester United. It's not going to be Chelsea. Those are still the two sort of more dysfunctional, high-profile teams. Newcastle... I think people are still trying to figure out exactly what to make of that, but they're super injured right now. And it feels really harsh to say that Eddie Howe you know, ha- has done a terrible job given all those injuries. So, I don't know, you look at Milan and there's been some heat around Pioli and Jesse Marsh is tossing his name out there. Like, there, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to me that there are a lot of high-profile jobs that Potter could even be connected but, to. And the other thing is there hasn't been a, a managerial uh, vacancy in the Premier League this season which yeah. is unusual that we've get got on this it far. so Lopetegui he left Wills before the, the start of the season but there hasn't been a change uh, Taylor and I spoke about this on, I think mm-hmm. on a Patreon last yep. week um, I, I'm sceptical that Potter would be in play for the kind of the stature of jobs that you were talking about Joe but the one that I speculated was maybe Burnley they've got a bit of money behind them Vincent Company plays a style of football that is there's some overlap with what Graham Potter likes to do so I think they could maybe sell him yeah. on, on that but I actually think Graham Potter might genuinely be waiting for the England job because he is the bookie's favorite at the moment I think we also touched on West Ham as well if if things were to not go well under David Moyes or they just wanted to make a change that maybe that could be a spot that that suits Graham Potter but I, I the England shout also makes sense Graham and then I don't know let's get into MLS and see what happens Joe who should who should spend some money to get Graham Potter in Charlotte, probably Charlotte, anyone Charlotte. yeah Charlotte Charlotte would be a good start <laughs> maybe everybody but like you know three or four or five teams everybody else could could do with a Graham Potter Wonderful. I don't know. Chris, Chris Armas is the is the appointment. I think we all were we're super stoked about. Oh, I don't know how Graham Potter can compete with that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the most airtime Graham Potter's had on any media in the last few months. I would suggest it's. Uh, yeah, this yeah. has done a lot for his brand. Yeah, we we'll, we'll take our commission at any time, Mister 
Potter, uh, Taylor, any other thanks you'd like to give at this point? Are yeah. we out of thanks at this point? I got a couple. Uh, I am thankful to our Discord. It, it's a thing that I knew very little about before it got started, and I now really enjoy. Uh, I enjoy it because it allows me to not be on Twitter, slash X, slash whatever we're calling it now, uh, and still get really like useful takes, useful insight. I like the out-of-context TSS ca- uh, channel. That's probably my favorite one, trying to figure out who said what and when. <laughs> gets a little tricky. Uh, but I enjoy all the different categories uh, and all the different channels, rather. Uh, so I- I'm grateful for our Discord. And in terms of the show itself, I really am thankful for the big thing. That That's uh, an episode idea. Graham, was that your concept originally? Yeah, that was Graham's. All right. Yeah. Well, then Graham I'm was going to be resident to take credit for it, but it, it was Graham's idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, it's become one of my favorite episodes uh, consistently, especially when there's like an obvious consensus topic. I think sometimes we sort of have to like, well, it could be this, it might be this. And in those moments, I feel like sometimes I'm like trying to argue why it was a big thing topic. I'm like trying to make it a bigger thing. Whereas I enjoy when there's just a consensus one. Emma Hayes getting the US job. It, it becomes a clear like thing to talk about, but it allows for research and analysis and watching tape of her teams and watching interviews with her and and coming up with ideas about what the United States is going to look like but what we think about the hire and I I just I like going into the weeds on topics I think getting into the weeds on the financial side of thing with Manchester United or what's going on with Chelsea or even uh, Messi where he might move after he announced he was leaving PSG like all of those I think it's just fun to go really in depth on a topic and explore little areas we might not otherwise Speaking of the Discord, I've gone through while Taylor's been talking and pulled out some of the quotes from the Out of Context TSS channel. This should be so a game. So they're now doubly out of context. It. We're going yeah. to play a game. I'm trying to find a couple more, but I've got four so far. I don't even remember who all said these, so I'm going to read them, and we got to try and figure out who said what. Um, the first one feels a bit too easy, but here we go. It was hot. It was lovely. It was delicious. We all enjoyed it. Graham, do you remember who said that? Uh... I don't. Is that from this week? or I don't know what it's from. Week? I've been digging through the archives, but who do you I think, think said it? I like put it that way. Go ahead, Graham. Uh, Ryan. I'll yeah. say Ryan said yeah. that. 1,000%. Um, <laughs> that's a Ryan Bailey. The okay. next one, I have no recollection of this. Joe Toasted Buns Lowry was the quote that's posted in the Discord. Oh, I, I remember that. I said that, I don't that about know. you. I said yeah. that about you because you were talking about... I feel like you said it in an offhand way, but you were talking about how, like, I like the toasted buns. It was, I think it was something someone else had said that you then responded to, but you then saying, I like the toasted buns made me You happy. do have to toast your buns on a, any sort of hot sandwich or like barbecue sandwich. Otherwise, I, I really don't respect the sandwich that toast, I'm eating. Should we toast turkey? Would that make it even better? If it is just a toast delivery system at that point, maybe maybe toasting turkey yeah, would sure. be a way like to go. Like broiling almost? I, I can see that being useful. Yeah. Do you mean like put a raw bit of turkey in the toaster? <laughs> no, see I mean what happens? Like, like take take your yeah. cold carved off chunk of turkey that you're going to get on your plate and then just, you know, yeah, put another let, broiler. Let Give me it. tell you, my student days, all sorts of things went in the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Settle down, Greg. Next one. Next one. Uh, it's actually Baseballman. That's the next out of context quote. Uh... uh that was Ryan in response to I could I didn't know what uh, to call someone who co- who plays baseball. I that think it might have been Taylor. Again. It was I, me. I think it was I think <laughs> it was, was Taylor. It? But that was, was the context was of the quote. Kind of it was yeah. Right. It was you saying baseball athlete, baseball guy. Like you you couldn't and and I think you got further away with each attempt at figuring out what a baseball player is called. Yes. Yeah, um. All right. I, I got that. I got one more. Long Island Lady Riders. What a name. That's the quote. I think that might have been me. <laughs> I think that's a Grand Ruthven special right there, folks. <laughs> there we go. 
Wonderful stuff. Uh, yeah, before we get too self-satisfied with ourselves, right. patreon.com slash Total Soccer oh. Show is where you find our Discord listener. Well, but while we're there, I will say the, the thing I enjoy the most about Out of Context TSS is how often I realize I miss little gems that Ryan has dropped in because they so often reappear in there. Ryan is a savant when it comes to the double entendre that I totally miss when he says it live. And then later on, either when I listen back or when I see it in the discord, I find myself laughing hysterically. So I appreciate it for catching up on uh, Ryan Bailey's gems that I missed along the way. Everyone loves Ryan Bailey's little gems. Everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, your end, uh, Graham, uh, anything else you wanted to give thanks for before we uh, get out of here? Um, I am. I guess I'm thankful for Napoli, Bayer Leverkusen, Girona, and even Borussia Dortmund, the big bottlers that they are. Uh, these are the teams that kept the big five title races interesting in 2023, and I'm sure Leverkusen and certainly Girona will fall away at some point. But European football faces a real problem, I think, with the financial gulf between teams and the dominance that certain clubs have in certain leagues, and it's from that situation we get ideas like the super league and the swiss style champions league reform which those things aren't very popular at all so every time a team comes from nowhere to challenge unexpectedly unexpectedly um a few weeks ago i would have put spurs in this category as well i am thankful for it because it gives us something to talk about and it stops those leagues from being very very boring there we go stops us talking about man united for a second indeed that that helps uh (laughs) definitely with you there graham joe any more things you'd like to give on this here floor my last thanks is, is technically something that happened before last Thanksgiving, but you know, we were together for last Thanksgiving and that was a lot of fun. It also didn't really feel like Thanksgiving because it was just a whirlwind time and we were doing a bunch of different work stuff. So I am thankful to sort of reflect now on just over a year ago that we got to do the live show. I know we mentioned that at the beginning of the show yesterday. I know that popped up in the Discord. But when I saw that picture that was posted in the Discord and Graham, you you threads about it and I re-threads to your thread i don't know what i don't as discussed <laughs> i don't know what we're doing really anymore. caught up it's, tie, tying yourself in we just need new terminology i guess media. we need new terminology anyway i got on sort of the reminiscing train thinking about that show and that was so much fun like i, I think that is maybe the most fun thing i've done in my still relatively young soccer life like that was an absolute blast ryan playing the songs to opening thing up things up and then us all on stage together and the audience and getting to talk with so many of the listeners afterwards was so much fun like that that whole evening was genuinely a blast and i really enjoyed it i hope we get to do it all again at some point but that doing that show and, and again just meeting the folks that that listen and realizing that they're real people and that we're not just talking into the void is always a surreal experience everything about that from the, the show to the stuff after to kind of what it means all of that was was awesome, and I'm super thankful. Uh, Joe, that is a great point for us to announce. Our new TSS live show taking place. We've got a residency in Riyadh next year, sponsored by Crypto.com. <laughs> it's going to be running through January and February. Listener, we can't wait for you to join us there. That's yeah, it. this is actually real. Ryan's just not told the rest of us about it. So. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. Uh, Taylor, I'll say finally, I am grateful for dear listener, for TSS listener. Without them, we wouldn't have this show. We wouldn't be able to share our love and joy this game we wouldn't be able to chat all four of us several times a week about this gosh darn sport that we love so much so i'm thankful for this whole arrangement taylor yes occasionally uh i I get like sort of overwhelmed by the number of shows we're doing on any given wednesday or thursday and then i remember that without this show i would just be like probably babbling to myself or babbling to those around me who would eventually grow tired of it so i'm thankful to everyone who continues to listen and to you three for putting up with with so much of the babbling so often 
Oh, it's the listener who puts up with us the mostest, of course, Taylor. And we are very thankful for them. Uh, thank you very much, listener. Let us know what you're thankful for. Why not join the Discord if you haven't already? Patreon.com slash Total Soccer Show, and you can show your support in that way if you are so inclined. But if not, have yourself a wonderful turkey day. Taylor Rockwell, thank you very much. We hope you enjoy uh, the festivities, takeout or otherwise. Thank you, my friend. Right back at you. Joe Lowry, a pleasure as always. Hope you uh, catch one of those three subspecies of turkey. For your working enjoyment. on it. Working on it. I've already got my trap set. We're ready. <laughs> and Graham Ruthven, uh, Popeyes, is it? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I might have Popeyes on Thursday, but not really because of Thanksgiving, just because it's a Thursday. Thank you, Ryan Bailey, and happy Thanksgiving to you. And happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners once again. We appreciate you. We're going to be back on the feed very shortly. But for now, bye! Bye!